Hello and welcome to the first ever Basketball Time Machine International Hoops Draft brought to you by Hoopshirtamas and Taco Bell. Players from everywhere but the United States are all eligible in this six-team special event. And now to tip things off, Cousin Josh the Professor Square! And of course, my friend Gabriel Wilkins and I will be the analyst for this draft. Of course, we got our friends Adam Shalafu, Kurt Schroeder, Brian Bond, and of course, the great Stefanos Fazia. Hello. Okay. What up, what up? So, the way this will go, everybody, is we will have eight selections. Each of us will pick five starters. And then what we will do is we will select one wing, one guard, and then one center to fill out our roster of eight. And first selection shall be Kurt is on the clock. Kurt, come alive. Uh-oh, we got a pick in. With the first overall pick in the Hoops Dramas International Draft, I select Giannis Antetokounmpo out of Greece. Okay. Very nice pick. Uh, I went with this pick. I believe, if my research uh, serves me correctly, one of two guys who have uh, international ties who have won multiple MVP awards. Um, obviously, uh, won the MVP the last couple of years. One of the best scorers in the game right now, defensive player of the year as well. Just an all around good player, unstoppable force in any era. So, uh, going with Giannis. All right. Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the most, you know, top players currently in the game right now. Only player outside of Hakeem Olajuwon to win MVP and defensive player of the year in the same season alongside of Michael Jordan as well. I'm sorry, in 1988. Um, you know, every year he's getting better and better and making things happen. Only thing left to accomplish at this point for him is the championship. And, you know, what can you say about this guy other than he is one of the best, most athletically gifted players we have ever seen in NBA history. Averaging 27, 10, and 5 right now. We saw that we've seen the potential and we we – don't we have no idea if the, I think he's ceiling has yet to be reached. So excellent pick by Kurt there. Love the pick. All right. And then second, we have Brian. Brian is now on the clock. The pick Dirk, is in, I see. Dirk Nowitzki. Interesting. Nice. You know, I'm thinking about taking Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, but I feel like this draft is uh, center heavy. And I feel like I can get good draft value, uh, center value down in the draft. So got to go with Dirk. I like it. And, you know, Dirk, one of the best post players we have seen in the NBA. Dominant three-point shooter. Really the first, if you really think about it, the first seven-footer that we saw be such a dominant perimeter shooter and on such a consistent basis, be able to stretch the floor. Had so many great years. First with, of course, Michael Finley and Steve Nash in those Don Nelson years, and then able to, with Avery Johnson, win the MVP. And then finally, the Rick Carlisle years, finally able to get his team over the hump to win an NBA title and defeat LeBron James in the NBA Finals along with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And what can you say other than one of the most dynamic offensive players we have seen in the NBA? And 
just a phenomenal and I've a great pick there by Brian. Love to add to your point on that. And add to your point on that, Josh. You know, one of only seven players in the history of the game to score over thirty thousand points or more in his career. You know, he really don't get a lot of credit. You know, for the longevity that he put forward in the game. You talk about a guy that played in the league for twenty plus years at the highest levels, and you know, made it cool for seven footers like you said to shoot threes. It really was an innovator in regards to changing the way the game was played. Because in that era, you know, when he first came in, he wasn't known for a league of space. Now it's a league all about spacing and pacing and, you know, playing faster. And I think Dirk played a part in that. Even though he had a big – he was a big man and he had a game in the post, you know, his game on the perimeter was second to none when he was playing at the top-notch level. All right. And third is Stefanos. Stefanos coming to America is on the clock. Um, with the third pick in this first annual ever international draft, coming to America selects Hakeem Olajuwon. All right, there we go. There we go. Hakeem, the dream. There you go. That's a good one. What can you say about uh, Hakeem? What can you say? In my opinion, maybe. The, the player that I would want to see the most in the modern era of the NBA. One of the best defenders, arguably the best defender that we had seen at the big man position in the last, I would say, 30 years. The man was on a different level. The only man outside of the great Tim Duncan, David Robinson, and of course, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen to win, to lead his team to the finals and win the NBA championship in the 90s during that crazy run. One of the best, most nimble big men I've ever seen. I've never seen a guy with that good of footwork in the post. He had guard He had guard skills in the paint in terms of his footwork. He's, I've never seen anything like it. Unstoppable defender, an unstoppable post player. And the guy that Shaq said was the hardest guy to, for him to guard in the paint. And to add to your point on that, Josh, as well, all-time leader in block shots, you know, and as the games got bigger, he only rose to the occasion. You know, because you can make an argument that Dirk, I mean, excuse me, not Dirk, but Hakeem had the toughest role out of any player in the 90s in route to two championships, having to get past those Seattle teams, those Utah teams, those Phoenix teams, you know, with all the pieces that he had around him in Clutch City in Houston with Rudy Thie. And, um, you know, he the man down there. It's the reason why he got a statue out in front of the Toyota Center present day. One of the best uh, playoff series I have ever seen any player play in was of course I feel like the best series he had in that Houston in that San Antonio Spurs series in the Western Conference Finals in 1995 35 12 and a half five almost one and a half steals and over four blocks a game there's just nothing else you can do do other than say he took a personal to David Robinson beat him out for the MVP and took it to him at a level I don't think David Robinson was ready for so excellent pick there by Stefano. And now we have our friend Gabriel Wilkins. The unit is on the clock and I see his pick is in. So I see everybody going with the bigs thus far. First pick Giannis, second pick Dirt, third pick Hakeem. I'm going to go with a guard and I'm going to go with a guard that's from Canada and one of only two international players to win back-to-back MVP. I like it. Interesting. 
Great pick. I like the pick. Steve Nash, one of the best point guards I've ever seen. One thing that I think people forget is Steve Nash was one of the original, one of the original 50, 40, 90 guys, if I'm not mistaken. The guy was he, – he was just unbelievable. But the thing I loved about him was when he – they needed him to step up in the playoffs. He would step up in just in, – in phenomenal ways. And I believe in that series – I believe it was 2005 in the series against, if I'm not mistaken, it was Dallas. He was putting up numbers that were absolutely out of this world. He was averaging 30 and 12 in that series. Normally a guy who doesn't always take a lot of shots – in that series, he just decided, I'm going against my old team. I'm going to give him everything I got. And absolutely dominated them. So when the time called upon it, he could step up. And in that series, he shot 55% from the field, just under 42% at 41.9% from three, and 96% from the line. It made everybody better around him. You know, led the league in assists five different times throughout his career. And I believe that was when he was in the desert. But even back in Dallas, you know, he was one of the original innovators taking that team uh, from a lottery in the year after year to a perennial, you know, upper echelon squad and the rest. So, you know, even though he was known and really rose to prominence in Phoenix, he was just as vital to the success in Dallas as well next to Dirk. All right. And it looks like Beats by Draymond. Is on the clock, and my pick is in. And with the fifth pick, we know this guy, modern superstar, oh, Luka Doncic. There he goes. <laughs> Had to make this selection. Had to make this selection. Had to. I was also going to go with the guards because I got another idea for the second round. But I picked Luka because the man is – so fundamentally sound. He's improving as a defender. He's one of the best passers in the NBA. And he makes his teammates better. And we saw it last year. Carrying that team without Porzingis, of course, they ultimately fell. But once this guy gets some vet presence around him, I think he can definitely lead Dallas to a title. He has the potential to be one of those game changing. He is one of the most best game-changing players we have in this league. And the sky's the limit for him. And he's only 20 – he's not even – I don't even think he's 22 yet. He's only he's only 21 years old, and we're seeing him put up these numbers now. I don't think it's crazy to say that we could see him average, like Russ, a 30-point-per-game 30, uh, 30 triple-double season, just like him in the Big O. I think that's definitely in the realm of possibilities. And I definitely think there's a championship in the future for Luka Doncic. So I'm going with Luka for fifth pick in the draft. I can't knock that pick at all. You talk about one of the most super versatile guards. If you can, you can honestly say he's been a force body as well, you know, to play the game, basketball IQ off the charts. He can shoot the ball. You know, I, I know a lot of people give him a lot of flack for his three-point shooting percentage falling by the year, but I think that's a byproduct of some of the tough shots he takes. I think once, like you said, once he gets some bets around him, guys that know how to win and are capable of winning and show him, you know, the ropes and rigors of how to win in his league, He'll get over the hump. All right. And last but not least, the philosophizer, Adam Shalafu. Doc's Hoops is on the clock. Doc's Hoops. Dick. You know, I was going to, my plan was to take Luka Doncic, 
Oh, I love when I steal your picks. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, uh, for for all the reasons you just said. And I wasn't planning on being this guy, but now my hands are tied and I have oh, to. Oh, no, I know who you're going My with. favorite player in the world. Jokic. Jokic. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, uh, as, as Brian mentioned earlier, this draft is absolutely loaded with center talent. But also, as, as Brian is considering his uh, strategy with this draft, so am I. And I have back-to-back picks. Jokic is the first center since Wilt Chamberlain in 1967 to lead the league in assists. He's doing that so far. He's looking like he's going to be the first center ever to average a triple-double. Um, he's also incredibly clutch. And the last few seasons has had a plus on uh, the – plus minus defensive stat. And so he's not necessarily an elite defender like a lot of the centers in this draft. I can get some defense on the bench later on. There's so many elite shot blockers at the center position, but there is no player in this draft uh, that is going to be this good of a passer. I think the only elite passer, there are some really good passers at the center uh, position that will be taken later. But I think this guy is the, only guy who I can uh, give primary ball handling responsibilities to if I choose to do so. And so uh, Jokic is my pick, the Serbian sensation. You know, I, I love Jokic as a player because he is so smart and it's amazing when you have that point center that can basically he runs the team, runs the show and Western conference finals team last year, just, I feel like everyone's kind of in a rut still this season. Everything's kind of out of whack, but I don't know what you, what else to say about this guy. I, I, I really don't. The guy is averaging almost 10 assists a game this year, and he's having – this is his best year by far, and I think you can make the argument right now he might be the front runner for MVP. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to say Jokic is the MVP right now. I mean – It's definitely not. It's definitely not when you look at the numbers he's putting up, and as long as his team continues to win, he is definitely, you know, be in that conversation. And he's continuing to get better each and every year. You see he's rounded his way into shape. And when you're able to lead a, a team like he is, you know, offensive-wise, and then be able to not only do that but get your own shot in various areas of the floor, you know, you're a triple threat. And it's not too many bigs that I've seen like him. I would say the only one I've probably seen like him is DeMarcus Cousins. I didn't think that it got enough credit in Sacramento, but he's taking it to another level. And when he, when you win, you get more attention. And that's definitely what he's been able to do over these last couple of years in Denver. And it's going to be exciting to see how far he can go in his career. Because if I'm not mistaken, he's just 25. Yep. So, he's only 25 so he's, years He's old. entering the prime of his career right now. And the best is yet to come, I feel like, from Nicole Because he got it. A lot of people didn't have their eyes on a few years ago, but they know him now. And the pick is in for Adam for the next selection. So this was a tough one. And I actually uh, had my pick in and I changed my pick. Um, we, we talked about the classifications and the rules before this draft. And you know, you know who's going to be catching a lot of lobs and cutting back door while Jokic throws it up to him from the perimeter is Dominique Wilkins oh. out of France. And so I got to go with Dominique here. Uh, I think that that's going to be those are some complimentary pieces there's also a lot of good uh uh guards left out there 
But one thing I want to add about Neek, one of the reasons I think that I was willing to pull the trigger on him this early is it is a shooter's league. And while this guy's known as a dunker, uh, after that leg injury he had in his career, he really started to work on that three-point shot and, uh, you know, shot 34% from three in the 90-91 season. And his final year as a Boston Celtics in a season when he was after actually averaging uh, just under four three-pointers attempted per game, he was shooting around 39%. Uh, the guy's an absolute stud. And um, if I want to run him small ball, I think he's got the athleticism and size for me to run him at the power forward uh, in a more modern lineup or uh, use him at the small forward. And so I think it's a good fit alongside Jokic. And uh, you, you just can't argue with uh, Neek in his prime with, you know, 85, 86 season average 30 points per game. And uh, we all know that he's one of the just most entertaining players of all time, much like Jokic. So from a pure entertainment value standpoint, I think I'm doing pretty well so far with my first two picks. He, he was the first player in NBA history to recover and come back successfully from a torn Achilles. The original torn Achilles success story. And I believe he averaged like 27, 28 points the year after he came back. Just an absolutely incredible score. Had some of the best battles in NBA history with Larry Bird in 1988 i've seen those games it was absolutely incredible i've seen the game seven he could not miss he was hitting everything he pull up shots threes everything that was going his way scored i believe 47 in that game before ultimately losing but just one of the best and most athletic scores we have seen in the nba and as you talked about became a very 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 good three-point shooter towards the end of his career helped extend his career and still being a productive player, we know this guy would be a dominant player today. So, ex excellent choice by Adam there. Especially with the way they like to get up and down. Now, he, he damn sure would have been a, a top-notch level player in the league today. And he probably would have got way more recognition. Because in the 80s, that small forward position was loaded. You had guys like Larry Bird, Dr. J. You know, you like you said, you had Michael. And he was always the guy that was, to me and my eyes, the most forgotten about player in the 80s. But if you ever checked out Atlanta back in the day with him and Doc Rivers, you was always in for a show, high-octane uh, power offense under Mike for, uh, Tello, and rest is history. All right. Looks like I'm on the clock, and with my pick, <laughs> this player did not make one All-Star game while he played in the NBA, but an animal start figuring out who this is. That was because he was stuck playing overseas. He was oh. drafted in the first round in 1988, but never got to go over. I'm, of course, talking about Adrivas Sabonis. Woo. Had to make that pick. Had to make that pick. I can't – you can't – the guy was – some people argue he could have been a top five center all time. One of the – I've seen this guy play in terms of his prime. When he was in his prime, the guy was averaging 23 and 13 when he played overseas. Lord knows what he would have done in the NBA. We saw what he did in the 1988 Olympics, helping defeat the U Team USA. And ask David Robinson how good the guy was in his prime, and he'll probably tell you this was one of the hardest guys to guard ever. Missed – he didn't get to the NBA until he was 31 years old. 
But when he got there, he was an incredibly solid role player. And the thing that people forget is the guy could shoot threes. He shot 33% for his career. And in his first two years in the NBA, he shot over 37% from three, both years. Now, he only shot 1.9 threes and 1.7. But back then, you big men didn't really shoot threes. His first year in the playoffs with Portland, he averaged 23 and a half and 10. And this is with no – he can't jump. He couldn't jump. And he had, you know, he had his legs and feet were damaged so so badly that he wasn't able to be the same player that he could have been. And just based on that potential, and I've seen his international highlights. If this guy played today, 7'3, 285, you look like one of the toughest guys to guard in the paint, one of the best, un, most unsung passing big men of all time, had the ability to shoot the three. At, you know, I'm very happy with that pick because I don't know what you do in terms of guarding him. He would be – if he played today in the modern era, in his prime, he would probably be one of the top three centers in the league, if not the best center in the league. That's one player I wish when he came to the States, he came in the early 90s when they had that team in Portland with Clyde and Terry Porter and those guys, man, because they really could have gave those Bulls teams an even harder run for their money when they were dominating the 90s if you had some bonus in the mix. Like you said, when he came over in the States, he still was a you know solid contributor on those Blazers teams with she and Steve Smith and Scottie Pippen in the you know late nights, early 2000s that gave the Lakers a run for their money prior to going on a run of three peaks um, from 2000-2002. Looks like Gabriel is on the clock and his pick is in. The unit has their pick. So with the, with the ninth overall pick, like I see right now, everybody taking bigs. I took Nash. I'm going to go with Joel Embiid, the remix version of Akeem Olajuwon in my eyes. The guy that has an array of moves in the post. And the guy that right now, you know, you can make an argument that he's the MVP of the league. I, I hear everybody talk about Nikola Jokic and what he's doing, but Joel's been playing at a high level a lot lately. A guy that can also stretch the floor and make passes out the post. You, you, A lot of guys in the league right now, they don't want to guard because he has these array of moves in the post down low and the size and the girth to withstand the load. Um, you know, what more can I say about him? Like I said, he, he's a guy that continues to get better and better each and every year. And a guy that, if he can stay healthy, can potentially win an MVP in this league as a big man, which in this day and age where the league is so guard heavy, that would be a significant feat. You know, I love watching Joel Embiid because he has an old school style game. And in this league, like you said, Gabriel, being so guard heavy, he he and Jokic make it clear you can build your team around a big man and still win and possibly win a championship and get to the Western Conference Finals, get to the NBA Finals. It can be done. From three, shooting 40% from three this year. Definitely an argument you can make that Joel Embiid right now is an MVP candidate. I would say he's top three right now with him and Jokic. I'd say they're two of the three right now for sure. And next – Stefano, coming to America is on the clock. Coming to America's <laughs> pick. Second round is going to go with the future Hall of Famer, recently retired, a champion, a winner in every level that he's played in, the noble Frenchman, Tony Parker. Like I need it. a point guard. I need a point guard. He's little, and he's not exactly an elite three-point shooter. You know, you need it for the modern NBA but Tony Parker's been coached under the legend Greg Popovich. He's been thrown through the fire. He's he's got that Michael Jordan like hunger that like if he needs to learn how to get better at something, he'll get better at it. 
And he's just, he's a good teammate and he's a champion. So, you know, and I need a, I I needed a a good solid point guard I could depend on and kind of a, I feel like a little bit, you know, a a draft, an international draft where you have more talented big guys than, than small guys. So yeah, that's my, that's my pick. You know, Tony, one of the best floaters I've seen when oh, yeah. amazing ability to attack the basket. And, you know, one of those guys, part of that Greg, that big trio with him, Ginobili and Tim Duncan. Once Greg Popovich said, it's your turn to take over the system. This guy took over and took and Matt and took over masterfully and helped lead that team to multiple championships I believe was the finals MVP in 2007, averaging 24 and a half in that series. And, you know, what can you say about this guy? I mean, he was, he wasn't a great three point shooter, but he was able to slowly develop into a more improved three point shooter towards the end of his career. Uh, Before his last year in San Antonio, he was averaging 38% from three. So, in, uh, from 2013 to 2017, granted, wasn't a very frequent three-point shooter, but still one of the best point guards that I've seen. we have seen in the modern era. And just overall consistent. Guy averaged double figures from 2002 to 2017. And despite aging, was still very fundamentally sound and helped keep those Spurs teams in contention and helped them win championships till, you know, till the twilight of his career. Excellent pick by Stefano there. Great pick. You know, you, you got to lead the league in points in the paint, I believe, back at 05-06 amongst uh, guards. Like you said, granted, he didn't have the, the most efficient jump shot, but he was always able to get to his spots. And a, and a guy that you could make an argument was a top five player in the league at one point, like in his 30s, around like the early part of the 2010s decade, when the Miami stole some big-time games from LeBron. I remember game one of the 2013 finals like it was yesterday. Um, a guy that's definitely going to be a future Hall of Famer when it's all said and done and the years go by. All right, and Brian? And that and that layup package, I mean, like, like Gabe was saying, his ability to get, get to his spots was amazing, but I love somebody that's not an above-the-rim player but dominates in the paint. Like, it's just amazing to me. All right, we got, to throw that in. and we got Larry Bird's mustache. On the, Brian is on the clock. I, uh, I suffered over this pick. Uh, I really liked the, the Tony Parker pick. I thought he was solidly uh, the second best point guard in this draft, and you got to have a team leader. Uh, but this pick is tough for me because I, I'm taking Yao Ming, and he was number five on my big board, and I just have to take what the draft gives me. I didn't want to draft him, really, because I, I question how he would do in today's game. I mean, he's like a solidly he's one of those guys it's a solid back me down center which is even though he didn't retire that long ago the game has definitely changed uh since he has retired but he's just too much he's just too good to take i mean i i have to take him i have to take him you know yao not let me put it this way it ain't easy to guard someone seven six i don't care who you are and the thing that made i loved about yao was he was an amazing jump shooter. And I think today he would be a very good player because he had so, he was big, but he had great touch. And when you have great touch as a big man, 
it's going to take you very far, especially in today's game. I don't think he – I think he'd have a lot of problems guarding uh, guards, definitely, on the pick-and-roll switches. But he would adjust. And I think when you're 7'6", you're 7'6". And it's going to be tough to get off a shot against someone who's 7'6". And he proved how good he was in the NBA. Hall of Famer was not able to capitalize with – Tracy McGrady, which always bummed me out because I loved yeah the, those two guys, and but I loved the pick and was gone too soon with those injuries. And a guy that was they could have been a hell of a rim protector in this league today, like you said, at seven for six. Granted, he might have struggled, you know, defending the pick and roll, but you could have hit him with his size, you know, inside and what he was able to do, and really helped keep Houston afloat after a down period of years post Olajuwon once he arrived. Kurt is on the clock. Why you got to be so heartless? And it looks like the pick is in. So with my uh, pick here in the second round to round out the second round, I might be reaching here a little bit, but uh, we've all kind of looked at the guard depth on the international slate and, uh, I feel like the the value is definitely there in the forward and center position. So I'm going to try to solidify my backcourt here with back-to-back picks. The second round, I'm going to take Jamal Murray out of Canada. Ooh. Interesting. Very interesting. Ooh. Nice. I'm liking this. Jamal, I mean, very, and last year was one of the bubble gods, as I like to put it. He was a bubble god last year. I mean, it was so much fun to watch him really see – the pinnacle of just what a great player he he is. And still one of the best point guards in the NBA. And I feel like while we – Adam gives him all the love. I feel like he still doesn't get as much love as he should. You know, one of the most – one of the best scorers in this league and can make plays on the floor and improving defender. He's only 23 years old. And we've seen just how good this guy can be. In the playoffs last year, averaging 26 and a half and six and a half assists a game while shooting 50, 40, 90 in the playoffs last year. You know, I really like the pick and I'm going to give it over to Gabe because I, I'm very, I was a little surprised by this pick, but I love it because it's, it was a curveball, something kind of out of left field. I like it. I was kind of shocked by this pick, but you know, you, you talk about this playoff run last year, the guy averaged 26 and a half, six assists. 4.8 rebounds a game, shot over 45% from beyond the arc. He really had it going down in that bubble. And hopefully, you know, he continues to build off of that as he seeks to become that all-star that he showed he has nothing but potential to become out there in the Rocky Mountains. And Kurt also has his next pick in. So as I alluded to, uh, moving into the third round here, kind of building off my second round selection, I'm going to go with another guard to solidify my backcourt. Uh, one of the things I'm looking at with my team, I have versatility at pretty much every position. I can have, uh, let's see, Jamal Murray, he can play point, shooting guard, uh, pretty much Giannis. I mean, he can play one through five if you really need him to. So I'm going to go with another versatile guy. I'm also looking at a guy who's going to be unselfish, doesn't need the ball in his hand to be successful going to facilitate and get everybody else involved. I'm going to go with Ben Simmons out of Australia. Definitely intriguing pick there. I mean, definitely one of the best playmakers in the NBA. You know, one thing I've noticed is you can get into him in the post, and if you double team, he's going to find the open man on the the perimeter to knock down shots. 
And if he's ever able to develop that three-point shot, you know, watch out. I mean, we've seen his ability to score, not quite, you know, scoring at a rate that I would like to see him at. You know, he's never averaged over 17 points a game, but he's effective on the court because he is able to guard. You can put him guarding one through four. You can have him guard one through five. He can't guard one through five, primarily one through four. And on the switches, he's going to be a, he's a problem. Kurt got some length on his team. Yeah, he does. Giannis and Ben, some, some versatile playmakers. Got some shooters you can leave open with. Damn, so some versatile playmakers. Larry Bird's mustache is on the clock. All right. I, I've got my pick, and it's just – it's a little tough here because I really want a ball handler. I really want a, uh, a guard that can bring the ball up. And we all know Kyrie is – Yep. Well, one of the best ball handlers on the planet. Uh, but I'm afraid he would just shoot it too much and not be the facilitator. Uh, so I'm going to take the person that is highest on my big board and who I think is, well, without a doubt, the best pure shooter in this draft. Uh, I think he would be Steph Curry on steroids uh, if you were to see him today. We're going to go with Drazen Petrovic. Drazen. Nice. Yeah, man. Drazen was – Reggie Miller said it best. He said, the thing that pissed me off about Drazen is he wouldn't trash talk you in English. He trash talked you in his native language, and he didn't understand what the hell he was saying. And you knew he was talking trash, and you still couldn't stop him, and he wouldn't understand a darn word he was saying while he was trash talking you. Gone too soon, but when he was in the league, spent the first couple of years riding the bench in Portland, which – you know, is astounding to me because we knew this guy could play. But then when he got his chance, 20 points, 20 and a half points per game his first year in New Jersey, full year in New Jersey. And then, of course, averaging 22 per game in his final year in New Jersey before his ultimate car crash. The guy was – he was a 50-40-90 guy as well. Shot over 44% from three in both of his in both of his years in New Jersey. Just absolutely insane shooter. And I agree, he would be even scarier today just because he was only averaging, you know, 20, 22. And I think today he could easily average 25, 26 a game. Definitely think he would be in a almost – he'd probably be almost in a Clay Thompson. He would be in a Clay Thompson-like role coming off screens and just set up shooter, set up spot shooter. And I think he would have played that role. Arguably, he might have played it better than Clay Thompson does. And could get his off the dribble too, because he used to get Michael Jordan the business back in the day. That was a guy that um I heard Mike talk about a lot in interviews. Like he he it wasn't no field day with drive by any means. Number three was definitely a problem. He definitely was. And we got Stefano coming to America is on the clock. All right. Um what's <sighs> that getting tough? Um all right, you know, I'm uh I went with a big one with Hakeem, right? And then I went real small with Tony. Now I'm gonna go in the middle and I'm gonna go with chemistry. You guys played together and won championships together, and I'm gonna form basically the <laughs> the big three core, just trading Tim Duncan for Hakeem. I'm getting Mano Ginobili. Ooh. Can't go wrong with Manu there. I mean I feel like this guy is, you, you know, we give him love, but this, when the time, when he, the time was called, called upon, he made plays. 
one of the most clutch players in NBA history. And what can you say? What is it? Five championships? <laughs> it's they speak for themselves. And the thing is, arguably the best six man in NBA history. Probably is the best six man in NBA history. You know, he didn't. It's just crazy to consider that the guy for you know the, that last championship was coming off the bench and still dominating at the level he was, and didn't mind coming off the bench because that's what his role called for. But when his number was called. One of the best players we had seen. And in the playoffs, the guy was absolutely insane. Of course, made the great block on James Harden at the closing seconds of the game to w- help win him that game. And it was great all the way up to the last year of his career. He still, at 40 years old, was able to average nine points a game in the playoffs and was still effective for that Spurs team, despite being, despite his age. And I love the pick. Great dribble, great attack in the basket, great shooter all around, just a fantastic player and a very un- underrated passer as well real nice in between game like you said he could get it you know at the bucket he could get it from three-point range behind the arc he definitely wasn't afraid to lock up in the big moments when san antonio needed those wins in the mid-2000s in the greg popovich era when he had that big three nucleus and now we got gabriel on the clock the union and the pick is in so i see everybody taking you know a lot of bigs. I'm starting to see a lot of guards get off the board. But I'm going to go with a guy that I think you've forgotten about a lot. A guy from Spain, NBA champion, Kyle Gasol. You know, we talk about a guy that can get his buckets, not only on the block, but in the mid-range area and can stretch the floor and shoot. Something that he developed latter part of his career when he was, you know, in Chicago with the Bulls. Just an all-around solid fundamental player that you could put it to four or five. You know, I, I loved Powell because you could argue his best two years were in Chicago. You can make that argument. I mean, he came here and I remember I was in high school and everyone's like, why are we drafting Powell Gasol? I said, guys, relax. We're getting, a really good player here. And I thought he could be that piece to help us beat Cleveland that year because I thought that last year in L.A. he was kind of cruising. And I knew he still had a couple of – he still had plenty in the tank left, and he proved it. I was, I believe, 18 and 11 when he came here, making the all-star team both years he was here, and was that piece that helped get Kobe Bryant his last two championships. An amazing player in the post. Became a very, he was a great shooter, mid range shooter, as well as three point shooter later in his career, but a very, very solid defender in the post. You know, one thing I did so, he was more of a finesse player, but it didn't matter. He was great also at drawing contact when the time called upon it, great at drawing fouls. As Javi said, a great baiter. Hmm. I don't think he's a master at it, but he was definitely a good baiter. And one of my favorite players to watch in terms of big men in when I was growing up as well. And Looks like my pick, and this was a tough one, and I'm going to throw a little bit of an interesting one out there. So I don't know if you guys know this, but this guy was actually born in Jamaica, and I have to take him because one of the best shot blockers in NBA history could play the four or the five, Georgetown great Patrick Ewing. I got to go with Patrick. I think he would be fine as a – I think he would be just fine in today's era as a shooter. I've got shooting with Sabonis. I've got to lock up that middle. We know Patrick can guard. 
We know Patrick can guard. I think he could guard three through five at the time called upon it. 1985-86, rookie of the year, 11-time All-Star. Led the Knicks to the NBA Finals. And people forget that this guy in 1989-90 averaged just under 29 points a game. The guy was a great player. Averaged at least three blocks a game from 1987 to 1992 and at least two blocks a game every year until he left until his last year with the New York Knicks. He averaged at least two every year of his career until he was 36 years old. But I think he did have a good jump shot. He had a good post fade. He could shoot the mid-range, Jay, when you needed him to. And I think he would have no problem shooting threes in this era. So my pick is Patrick Ewing. Like you said, a, a true defensive star within his era. You know, another guy that when you wanted to go inside the paint, you thought twice before going inside the paint against Pat. Bonafide Hall of Fame and a legend in the game. All right, and Adam is on the clock, and now his pick is in. So I'm going with some defense here. I'm also sticking with my team's identity. Uh, I'm going to try to go with, uh, you know, Jokic is going to be my my anchor offensively, setting guys up, but I want some athleticism around him, and uh, I want a lockdown defender here. I am going with the man out of Sudan, Luol Dang. Uh, Dang. Luol Dang, one of the very best at guarding the best. Uh, one of my picks. Career in the NBA. He's someone who can guard the three or the four position uh, and, and do that at an elite level. He turned into a pretty good three-point shooter, never really an elite three-point shooter, but that mid-range was always uh, pretty consistent throughout his career. And uh, I believe went to two all-star games. Maybe it was three all-star games. Dang was a fa- a really great player in his time in Chicago. And, you know, I thought was one of the best. Two- he was one of the best two-way players that we had um, in the league. And I think he gets forgotten about a little bit because he wasn't, you know, a primary scorer. You know, he did the little things and it was always – you know, the first – he was usually always the second option on the team. But when his number was called upon, he performed. Guy consistently can get you 18 points a game, six or seven rebounds a game, and could guard one through three and four when the time called upon it. So I love the pick. Stole one of my picks. That was def- – he was on my list to pick. Actually, he was going to be my small forward. So thank you, Adam, for stealing my pick. <laughs> Hot basketball IQ, too, as well. How that could get it done. Getting out of cuts, you know, in between game, off the dribble, mid range pull ups. He 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 definitely had that. Like you say, he wasn't you know one of the most flashiest guys, but a guy that really in some essence made being a three and D wing look super cool when he had a solid sidekick alongside of him like Derrick Rose. All right, and now Adam once again his pick is in, and I'm curious who he has to steal from me now. Well, I don't know if this is somebody you were looking at, but he's definitely uh, the most talented player on the board right now. Uh, I need a point guard. I need a ball handler here. And uh, this guy might have the best handle. I think he does have the best handle in the NBA right now. And he's someone who would fit perfectly alongside Jokic. And so that is Kyrie Irving. I'm going Kyrie here. Uh, I need a slasher. You know, I got some some guys for him to mess around with and Luol and Nick on the outside. And Jokic is going to create uh, 
an abundance of space for him uh, by being able to hang out on the perimeter and get him going in that screen and roll game or that pick and pop game, much like uh, him and Jamal Murray do right now in Denver. So uh, Kyrie Irving is my pick. All right. I mean, Kyrie, I, I, I don't know if I've seen anybody with better handle him. I don't think I, I have. He's one of the best. He's one of the five best finishers at the basket in terms of ability to drive and make insane layups that I've ever seen. I would say he's probably top three for me. With Michael and Michael, for me, it's Michael, Derrick Rose, and Kyrie. Those are the three best I've seen in terms of being able to attack the rim and make shots that I've, I'm like, I don't know how you do that and his ability to pull it off. And just an incredible three point shooter and one of the best ISO players we have in the league today. Clutch shooter wins, helps win game seven of the NBA Finals to lead that 3 1 comeback down three to one for Cleveland. And love the pick. And a guy that's worth the price of admission to watch play every single night, if you ever get a chance to do so, you know, once everything, you know, subsides with COVID and whatnot, a guy that is, is damn sure one of the elite guards in the game that they can get it done off the dribble, isolation, pull up, like you said, a slasher, Adam, you know, rare breed. All right. And it looks like it's my pick and, I've had to do some thinking on this one. I still need, I, I'm, you know, I've got some shooting, but I've got some shooting with Doncic, but I need that next shooter. But what I need is I'm going to put this guy at the two because I think this guy gets a little forgotten. Sacramento King legend, Peja Stoyakovic. Oh, man. Yeah. That was good. Took take. my pick. <laughs> I had to do Peja. This guy, I I mean, he was bombing away from three back when it wasn't as popular as it is today. I mean, Peja is 6'10", three-time All-Star, and people forget this guy was shooting seven threes a game back, at, you know, when it was – you know, wasn't popular shooting that way. And this guy ended his career shooting 40% from three. I mean, I had to go with Peja. I need my guy. And this guy is 6'10". So if I'm getting 6'10 from my shooting guard position, I'm going to take it. You got to take the Giants. He was just – I absolutely loved Peja growing up. And people forget how big of a – not just that, played a key role on that New Orleans Hornets – on that New Orleans Hornets team that lost in seven games to San Antonio Spurs in the Western Conference semifinals in, back in 2008 when they were the two seed. You know, just a phenomenal shooter. And, you know, kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And I feel like people forget, and especially forget that Sacramento Kings team because they didn't win championships. And I, I still to this day think they got robbed of one because I think there's no – I think they definitely would have won the NBA Finals had they gotten there. But I'm going with Peja. Man, there's so many people that sleep on that man. That dude used to be a legend on NBA ballers. You know, <laughs> unstoppable guy, no conscience. We'll pull it up and grill it in your face. Get it off the dribble sometime, too, when he needed to as well, man. that's He was definitely one of the most slept on and forgotten about guys in the 2000s. Always taking three-point shootouts home, too, by the way. And now we got Gabriel on the clock. The unit is on the clock. And it looks like the pick is in. Who are you picking, Gabriel? So you took my pick, Josh. <laughs> took, took my pick, man. Took Pager. But we're going to keep it in Sacramento, though. 
But we're going to move from Serbia to the Bahamas because I need some shoes. Got to thank Buddy Hill. Ooh. I like it. Guy that's clutch. Like Guy that, you know, when he get an open look, it looks like it's going in every time it's coming off his off his wrist and hand. That, that's the guy I need on my team that is going to get buckets. And I know Steve going to set him up right. This series, he's shooting 10 threes a game. 10. Last year, he had, and I didn't even realize this guy was shooting 10 threes a game, which is something incredible. But the fact that he's able to do it at such a high clip, shooting 39% from three last year, 37.5 this year, the guy is just a pure shooter, plain and simple. And, you know, what else can you say? I love Buddy. I love his game. And when he gets hot, Look out. There ain't nothing much. There's not really that much you can do. You know, this year he's taken a bit of a back seat this year, you know, compared to last year. Only averaging about 15 points a game this year, but a consistent 20 point per game score the two years prior to this year. So I really like this pick. And next we got Stefano coming to America is on the clock. By the way, love that name because love that movie. It's a classic. Um, let's see here. All right, I got, I got Tony Parker, Manu, and Hakeem. Who would fit on that team? Let's see. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go with. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go with with size. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna create a little problem situation for the paint and. Uh, this might be a little bit, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right move, but I feel like in the sense of like for shooting, but this man is just, he's a tower. So I'm going to go with Rudy. He's just one of the most talented, like dangerous defenders on the, on... did anybody take Rudy? Uh, Gobert? He's there. Uh, he's, he's, out, he's, he's there. there. He's there. Yeah. I mean, I'd like that pick. Rudy Gobert okay. is. What are we going to say about this guy? Two-time defensive player of the year. And the guy just consistently mm-hmm. performs. And one of the best players now in the NBA helps lock down that middle for the Utah Jazz, who are absolutely killing it this year, helping them to third in the NBA in points per game and sixth in defensive rating this year. They've always been known as a very good defensive team. But this year they've been playing at a different level. And, He's helping them possibly get to a Western Conference Finals position if they can keep performing the way they are this year. There's no telling where they can go. Absolutely. And he's another one of them guys, Josh. You know, when you, you're thinking about driving to the rim and you see number 27 in LA, you think twice about it. Because he's definitely going to make sure, you know, he play physical with you and a guy that's going to set the tone. And it's been the anchor of that Utah defense over the last several years now, which is always, always amongst one of the tops in the league. And now, Brian, Larry Bird's mustaches. Larry Bird's mustache is on the clock. I had a tough time with this pick. Uh, he wasn't uh, – I had people higher on my big board. Uh, I think there was some more talent, but – if we're really talking team building here, my my size is going to be a problem. I've got Yao at center. I've got the, the small guy, the seven-footer, Dirk, uh, at small forward. So now we're going to put Unicorn at power forward. Good luck. <laughs> I would agree. I mean, the thing with Porzingis, or as I like to call him, 2K Jesus, <laughs> the man is 
what can you say? I mean, you can't it when you're a seven when you're seven three and you can shoot it from thirty feet, you're gonna cause problems. And I was so mad when he got hurt in the playoffs last year. I was so pissed because he and Doncic, I th- I thought they were gonna beat the Clippers. I didn't think the Clippers were playing at a level where I was that concerned. Kristaps was averaging just under twenty four and nine when he went down, and it was a real shame because this guy is. Such a great player, a bit of a finesse player. You can bully him in the paint a little bit, but he's going to get his. Consistent 20-point-per-game scorer. And the thing I like most about him is he's gotten his rebounding numbers up compared to his time in New York, but an incredible shooter, shoots consistently over 35% from deep. And when you go to the paint against him, I I feel like it's the same thing. You don't want to drive to the paint against this guy because he's going to not you know you're gonna have a tough time getting off that layup, or he's gonna block your shot. Yeah, and and, and, a, and a guy that to me is really the biggest X factor as to how far Dallas goes, not just this year but down the road ahead with Luka Doncic there. Granted, we all know that Luka's the face of that franchise, but when Chris Stapps is playing at a high level, the Mavericks are typically playing at a high level as well. And I'm on one of the top teams in the West offensively when they got number six out there. All right. And next we have Kurt. Kurt, you are on the clock. Why you got to be so heartless? And the pick is in. I'm going to solidify my center position here. I got a lot of length at the four, a lot of length at the uh, point guard position with Ben Simmons, but I need some shooting and there's not a ton of shooting on the board unless I really want to reach. So I'm going to look at a, a guy can play at the five and can also step out and hit the three. I'm going Nikola Vucevic. Ooh. Interesting. I've always loved his game. I've, I've always said that this guy and never gets enough love. He never, in my opinion, gets enough love He's because he's been stuck in Orlando for so long. But one time also, but the guy's having his career year this year. Right now averaging 23 and 11, 42.7% from three this year. And really evolved into a three-point shooter in the 27-18 season and has consistently gotten better as the years have gone along. You know, a great post player as well. Very solid defender. Most definitely. And a guy that if you have NBA League Pass, you definitely got to check out because you can oftentimes forget about him. The guy's a double-double machine, like you mentioned. He can post up. He can stretch the floor, knock it down. He's definitely one of the top centers in our game today. And if you had to imagine him on a contender right now with like a solid point guard, might have a couple more all-star appearances behind his name. All right. And next, Kurt has his next pick also in. Uh, Just looking at another shooter here. I'm going to put this guy at the three to round out my my top five or my starting five here. Um, See a guy that shoots 38% for his career also some length I, my only short guy is jamal murray right now i think everyone else is 6'10 or higher um and because you know we're going to throw in this stipulation here where everybody's healthy everybody's in their prime i feel good about making this pick i'm going to go danilo gallinari Ooh, okay. interesting all right i mean danilo a very 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 solid score in this league and had his injuries but overall been always been a very very good player consistently scores was consistently before his injuries before this year not really playing much this year 
Last year was averaging just under 19 a game. The year before that, just under 20 a game. Consistently a great shooter, 40% from three the last two years. This year, shooting under just under 43%. One of the best big small forwards that we have in this league. He was healthy. If he was able to stay consistently healthy, he'd probably be another guy that has some all-star pitches by his name. He's probably one of the best players in the league not to get selected to an all-star game outside of Lou Williams, in my eyes. An underrated playmaker, a guy that can shoot the three and defend pretty well and has gotten better defensively over you know the course of time. Danilo... He's always been a problem wherever he's gone and, and left an impact wherever he's gone as well because he's taking teams that were on the fringe of being playoff teams into the playoffs as well. Larry Bird's mustache. Brian is on the clock. This one was also a difficult pick because I'm passing by Hall of Famers to pick this guy. Uh, but uh, I feel the most valuable, uh, the, the, the biggest value pick in this whole entire draft was the number four pick, uh, Steve Nash. Uh, you got to have a distributor. You got to give it to all your guys. And I think the, the my in my mind, the third best distributor in this draft is Goran Dragic. Mm-hmm. And I need a point guard. I I would have liked to get go up and get somebody better, but uh, boy, you got You got to have somebody to distribute the ball. One of the more underrated players in this league, as well. You know, Dragic been a consistent contributor to every team he's been on. You know, since he came into the league and helped Miami get to the finals last year, I was watching him in that Milwaukee series, and he was giving them so many problems. And today he's still giving people consistently, even at 34 years old, still contributing at such a great level. Most improved player of the year while he was a member of the Phoenix Suns, averaging 20 and 6 in that year. And since his time in Miami, he has been – a just an incredible contributor to that team and also a great shooter consistently shooting over 36% from three for his career. I really like the pick there. Really like that. I, I just want to jump in real quick because I watch him closely. I love Goran, man. I, I watch a lot of heat games. I love Goran. I, I even question if they perhaps won a championship, let's say. I feel like they might, they could maybe retire his jersey. I know that might sound crazy, but he's just, he's been there now for a long time and he's just, he's a leader too. He's got that like, he definitely has that that fire, that dog mentality, and he's tough. And I, man, Goran is super beloved in Miami. Like I really like him. He's underrated, in my opinion. He's definitely been a key cognate on those Heat teams for sure. And it wouldn't shock me if Goran had his number seven hanging up behind the Raptors, especially if they right. was able to get over the hump and win a title there. Um, he, he's definitely been one of those type guys, and been willing to sacrifice as well. Be it as a six man, a star, whatever his team needs yep. him to do, he's gonna do it. All right, and speaking right. of Stefano, you're on the clock now, yeah. man. All right, coming to America, I might be like, I feel like I'm ignorant of like I'm missing somebody that I'm not thinking of, but I feel like I need some good like, um, like like uh, what's the word like a small forward size kind of a um, shooting guard, small forward. So I have Hakeem and 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 um, what's his name, uh, Rudy, right? And I got Tony Parker and Manu. And I'm going to throw in Andrew Wiggins. Ooh. I'm going I'm to I'm grab Wiggins. Right. Uh, I'm not a huge Wiggins fan, but I was looking at his stats. He's actually, for his career, not averaging that bad. I think it's like 19 points per game. You know, guy's a first-round pick of the draft in his day, and uh, he's still talented. And maybe with that size and leadership, you know, he has a good role in him. 
you know, I think Wiggins, you know, has been, and I think he still has not reached his full potential yet. And I think he's going to reach it in Golden State with the proper coaching because now he's playing around guys like Curry and guys like Draymond who can help improve, who can help him also at the defenseman. But one thing I think is very interesting this year is his shot blocking ability goes on, you know, I think it's not discussed enough. The guy's averaging 1.6 blocks a game this year and has been a very good shot blocker the last few years. And, you know, I think he, we know how talented he is. Some people thought his work ethic was very questionable. And I thought that was ridiculous. I think the guy's one of the most naturally gifted, you know, athletes we have in this league. And I think in Golden State, the guy's only 25 years old. It'd be very interesting to see what happens once this guy gets playoff experience under his belt and continues to improve. The guy's shooting over 40% from three this year as well. And it looks like Gabriel's pick is in now, the unit making their fifth selection and their final selection for starters. So I'm looking around the board. I got my guard. I got my forward. I got my power forward in me. And I got my center. And I need a wing. I need a wing that's going to lock up. I need a wing that's going to be super versatile. A wing that's been forgotten about. A guy that could have easily been a Hall of Fame worthy player if it wasn't for injuries in his career in Utah, and I'm going to go with the man, Andre Karolinko. Andre was – AK-47. Oh, man, I'm dying here. That's a that's that's a rough one to lose there. Oof. Oh, man, but Andre was – I believe he led the league in blocks one year, right, if I'm not mistaken, like 04, 05 or something. Yeah. Guy yeah. averaged over three blocks a game two years in a row and was a very underrated passer in his time as well and could shoot the three. Could def- today he'd be easily able to guard one through four and an extremely versatile defender. I absolutely loved uh, Kirilenko, and I think that's a very intriguing pick right there. And a fun fact for you, you know, we talk about a guy that posted a stat line of 14 points, eight rebounds, nine assists, six steals, and seven blocks in a single game. You know, that's the first ever regulation five-by-six game in NBA history. He did that against the Lakers in 06 in which the players registered at least 6.6 rebounds, six assists, six blocks, and six steals. And you think about, you know, guys in the league that's able to impact the game without just simply scoring the basketball. You got a lot of guys like that, like Rajon Rondo, Russell Westbrook. But to be able to get six steals and six blocks in the game and lead the league in blocks as a small forward, that's saying something. Yeah, it really – it definitely is. All right, so I'm on the clock. Well – Gabriel stole my pick, so I need a small forward. But I do love playmaking, and I'll take shooting any day of the week. And this guy, sixth man of the year, NBA Hall of Famer, Ooh. three rings. Okay. I'm going with the Croatian sh- sensation. I'm going with Tony Kukoc. I like that. I'm going with Tony Kukoc. I got to go with Tony. The guy was 1992. He had to prove that he belonged with Scotty and Michael. And in that final game in the 1992 Olympics, I believe in the first game, I think he went one for seven and he scored like two or four points in the final game. I believe he scored 31 points and proved to those guys that he wasn't a slouch. He wasn't a pushover and he proved that he belonged with those guys. And one of the most, uh, the really the first basically set six, 11 guy that we saw that put the ball on the floor and had that kind of handle at the at the small forward position 
could back could play in the post. Had a great mid-range game. Could put he can create for himself, and also had a great three-point shot. And people forget that in nineteen in the ninety-eight NBA Finals had arguably his best game of his career in that game five, which the Bulls ultimately lost, and it gets completely overshadowed. And many and I remember my dad telling me this. He said I'm that in that game, Bulls would have won that game if they had given Tony the ball more, because I think he only had about if I'm if I'm going to pull up the stats right here. Bulls were playing terrible in that game. They couldn't score any. I think Scotty was two for 17 or something. Scotty was two for 16 in that game. Kukoc only had shot the ball 11 times, 13 times, but he was 11 for 13 in that game. Imagine if he had hit shot 19, 20, even 22 shots in that game. You know, it, the sky would have been the limit for him. And this guy, when it was, he was called upon could really play. And in his, the one year that he played in Chicago full, full time without Scotty and Mike, 19, seven and five. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take a guy who's a playmaker and can do all kinds of things on the floor. So my pick is Tony Cook coach. And a and, big time shot maker too, in late game situation, you know, very underrated in that regard. You know, we saw it in the 94 playoffs, like you alluded to that one season without Mike, where, you know, when, when Scotty didn't want to come in, Tony stepped up and said, Hey, I can take that shot for you and knocked it down for field and, Knocked down a couple other big shots that year as well, including one against the Pacers when Reggie Miller thought uh, it was time to take a bow at the old Chicago Stadium. And next, Adam Schellif is on the clock. He is shocked right now at who's still on the board. I, I, I got back-to-back picks. My team just became elite defensively, and you're all screwed. Uh, so let me round out my starting five. I'm going to put this guy at the small forward because he's he's got the ability to shoot. He's got the ability uh, to pass. And he's one of the better young defenders in the NBA. I'm going to take the slasher out of Cameroon, Pascal Siakam, baby. Okay. Yeah, so okay. I, I think he fits perfectly <laughs> alongside here. And um, between Dang and Siakam, and my next pick, I'm going to be able to throw in a defensive nightmare of a lineup. All right. So, who do you got then? Who you got then? I want to hear both, and we'll analyze both. I'm curious. Dikembe Mutombo. Oh, snap. There you go. How is he still here, guys? Come on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but you stole him from me, too. That was my back. That was my center pick. <laughs> I mean, Dikembe, what can you say? The guy's 7'2", and you literally could not go, go in the paint. Simple as that. There's a reason why this guy got a, a commercial where he's just wagging his finger the whole time. There's a reason for that. He's just blocking people from getting friggin' cereal in the grocery aisle. <laughs> Made it famous and still love the fact Michael dunked on him. But the man helped facilitate one of the, the first eight to one seed upset in Denver. And people forget that that team was one, within one game of making the Western Conference Finals, lost in seven games to Utah that year. Wasn't the most skilled scorer that you had. He was not a very skilled scorer. But the guy could average four or five blocks a game easily. And it was so hard to stop him. And the crazy thing about this man was he was an effective backup center even in his 40s. Now, granted, he didn't play a lot of minutes, but he was a quality backup center for Houston in even in his late 30s into his early 40s. Really loved that pick. Helped lead. Allen Iverson and the Sixers to the NBA Finals as well when they made that trade for Theo Ratliff. So I really enjoyed this pick as well. Very good pick, Adam. Yeah, I can't knock that one at all. You know, 
the guy that really was the, the ultimate shot blocker in the 90s era. I know Hakeem is the all-time leader, but when you think of block shots back in the day, you always think about Matumbo. Absolutely. I had a, I had a pair of Matumbo sneakers. Just want to throw that in there. Get a sneaker deal? Oh, there's yeah, with Adidas. I, oh. I, yeah, I had some Matumbos, bro. <laughs> yeah. I like it. All right. Oh, so, hot tops. All right. So, yeah, if we're sure. going big men, you know what? I'm going to take a more modern guy. This was an easy pick for me. <clears throat> he shoots the three, one defensive player of the year. LeBron should have won it. I'm going to take Powell's brother, Mark. Okay. I'm going to take Marcus Saul. I need that center, but the guy is very solid backup. Very solid as my backup center. I'll take that. I'll take Mr. Gasol. You know, and I think he gets, and he's a much better defender than his brother. I'll take the defense over that, but he can get his in the post when he needs to, and he can also shoot it from behind behind the arc. And today, there's a reason why this guy, when I remember he got traded to Toronto, I thought this team won the championship just now. I thought that they just. Get, gave him a championship because he's such a good defender and also a very, very, very good passer for his career. A lot of people don't realize this, but he was averaging four assists per game for his career from 2013, to 2019. He was averaging four assists per game. So I'll take a little bit of playmaking from Mr. Gasol. And next we have Gabriel on the clock and the pick is in who are you picking Gabriel? So I see everybody, you know, see a lot of trends. You know, first we going with the bigs, then the guards coming off the board. Now we back to the wings and the bigs a little bit. I need a backup point guard. I need a point guard that's currently in the league right now. I know who this my is. Friend, my, my, my point guard, my, my starting point guard from from Canada, my backup point guard is going to be from Canada too. Ooh. Go with Shot Gildress, Alexander. Right. Yep. I love Shot Gildress. I love his game and – you know, helping lead Oklahoma City right now. And still, they're, they're playing some good basketball. They're still playing solid basketball. But this guy, what can you say about him? He's came on strong into the league. You know, great lottery pick. And, you know, after his rookie year, came to Oklahoma City last year and absolutely blossomed. 19 points per game last year. Easily could have, in my opinion, could have, you could have, was a contender for most approved player of the year last year. And this year, tw- just under 22 points a game, five rebounds and six and a half assists. You know, absolutely phenomenal. Very, very, very good player. I le- do really love this pick. And man, next we have – Don't got to score to impact the game, man. Don't no, he doesn't. Don't got to score to impact the game at all. No, he doesn't. And uh, Jump Shot Jesus is on the clock now coming to America. All right. Um I am going with uh, with my I don't know what round it is, but whatever round it is, I coming to America is selecting uh Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, he uh he's six six. He can shoot. He can. I feel like he's still he's still getting better. Uh, he's still very young. So who knows what he might be? But he's a uh, uh he was a really really good Serbian player in Serbia. I mean he is a good Serbian player, but in Serbia he was amazing. And uh, yeah, I think he's a he's an interesting selection. Talk about it. He's been doing his thing. And since he was able to, since he got to Atlanta, he's been, you know, kind of quiet this year. But before he was putting up real solid numbers in Sacramento. And I think, you know, he's, 
I think his time is he's going to get there with Atlanta, but that's a great team down there that he's on. He's going to be a solid role player down there. So I really enjoyed this pick. And he can he can handle the rock and create for others as well. You know, everybody talks about how he's a deadly shooter. And he's a proven winner. Granted, you know, he was in a tough situation in Sacramento. But if I'm not mistaken, Bogey got some EuroLeague championships on his mantle as well. So he's well respected in the game. Even though he's in his late 20s and been in the league for only four years, he, he came in and, and been very reliable, averaging the double figures every season. And next, we have Brian on the clock. So I'm very glad that this guy fell to me. I think he's very underrated and he would excel in today's game. Uh, I think that uh, he's an outside dead eye shooter and those Indiana teams that he was on with Rick Smith's just absolutely underrated. They ran into some, a lot of Michael Jordan and didn't get so far, but uh, if a lot of teams could say that, that they would go far, but I really believe that Indiana team got really hosed because of Jordan. But uh, we're going to go with Detlef Shrimp, my sixth man. All right. Nice. Detlef is definitely a very unsung hero in this game. I mean, the guy who very good post player, very good shooter, had a really, really long career, and, I, and he definitely gets lost in the shuffle. The guy made three All-Star games, and I think everyone forgets that. This guy was, I believe, back-to-back sixth man of the year, killing it off the bench. And during his time in Indiana, was averaging 16, 17 points a game when, you know, when he was dominating 92-93 All-Star. And he was a problem, especially in that, you know, especially when you had to guard a guy 6'10 at the small forward spot. Had a very solid series against the Bulls when they played them and gave them issues in that series. And I would argue that next to that Portland team, that Sonics team was the best team the Bulls faced. And I've seen those games. Delif is a one heck of a player. Really, really good pick there. And next, we got Kurt on the clock. I want to give Brian a quick shout out there. Delif Schrempf living in my hometown of Bellevue, Washington right now. So, yeah, oh, go Sonics. Go Detlef Schrempf. Great taste in Thai food. He used to go to a family-owned Thai food restaurant in town. I'd see him on occasion. So, great pick by Brian. Um, I'm actually shocked that this guy is still on the board. I'm going to go with a forward for my bench. Uh, can step out, shoot the three, elite defensive player and shot blocker, Serge Ibaka. There you go. Very nice pick, Kurt. You know, I've always enjoyed – I've always enjoyed Serge Ibaka. You know, still think they shouldn't have kept him over hard. But, you know, that's – you know, that's over and done with. Serge is one of those key cogs to the Toronto machine, helping him win a championship – guy that I think in this league, you know, you can't go wrong with him on your team. He's consistently going to help you win basketball games. A very, very, very good shooter as well. Solid game in the post. And just a phenomenal defender. Three, you know, averaging over two blocks a game in his prime years in Oklahoma City. You know, helping that team get within one game of the NBA Finals. And then, of course, making the NBA Finals, but nearly beating the great Golden State Warrior team. I love this pick. Gives you more versatility, give you more versatility defensively. Easily can guard three through five when called upon. So I really like this pick. And I, I, you know, this guy is still got plenty of time in his career to be a quality player. And I think this guy's going to be in the league till his late thirties playing great basketball. And next Kurt, he's got his next pick in as well. 
So kind of a similar player to Serge Ibaka. And I remember Gabriel taking uh, Joel Embiid in the second round. So I'm going to go with the guy who's going to shut Joel Embiid down if I want to bring him off the bench. Al Horford. Out of okay. The Dominican Republic. I do like, I that. like that. I like that. Al is – Al's a glue guy. Al does all the little things. He's not an athletic guy, but he's a glue guy, plain and simple. He can pass. He can shoot. He can play in the post. And he can defend. And he – you know, some people are like, well, why can't he become that scorer you need to? Because that's not his game. His game is doing all the little things that you need him to do to win. And, you know, he can, and he's clutch. And he's clutch. He's clutch when the time calls. He's real clutch. And, you know, I love that pick. Florida Gator, former Florida Gator with that. That was insane. Winning back-to-back NCAA championships and five-time All-Star. Part of that – still cannot believe – Atlanta won 60 games that one year and had four all-stars. Absolutely insane. But a he's a winner, crazy. too. He's a winner. You know, granted, he hasn't won an NBA championship yet in his career. But everywhere he's gone, he's led to success in some type of form, whether it's the back-to-back titles in Florida, like you mentioned, or just the 60-win Atlanta team, the back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals appearance. Boston had his first two years there. He's always been a winner. Ryan is now on the clock with his seventh pick. Uh, and I was 50-50 between uh, Al Horford and the guy I'm taking. But uh, this guy just would put up numbers. This is basically the pick is my, – my pick is basically numbers. And I, I hope it's a good pick. He was on a not great team for a long time. But uh, in the 80s, Dallas, Rolando Blackman was put up numbers. I mean, solid, solid guy. Uh Quiet, though. You know, I, I can remember not hearing a lot about him in the 80s. You know, it's just not not a star. But, man, look at the stats he puts up. I like him on my bench, coming off my bench. I like, I that. like that pick a lot. I thought about taking him myself a couple rounds earlier. He was a guy when, when, when him and Mark Aguirre was in Dallas, oh, Sam yeah. Perkins and the late um, Roy Tarpley. That year, I believe it was – yeah, 80, 88 when yeah. they when they took the Lakers to seven, that was a hell of a squad. Granted, like you said, he wasn't well known, but he could get his buckets in that mid range area. The floor wasn't the best three point shooter, but you could not stop him when he was attacking the rim. Orlando Blackman was a problem. It would be very interesting to see a guy like that playing today. It definitely would be. And we got now we got Stefano on the clock. I want I want to have a chosen team by God. So I got to get an, an Israeli in here, and I'm going with Omri Caspi. How do you say his name? Uh, Omri Caspi. Caspi. Yeah, man. I mean, his stats aren't crazy or nothing, but I like that he's big and he can shoot. I need shooting. And uh, and he can, I feel like, just do, like, you know, he's he's um, he's, he's uh, versatile. I've always liked Omri. I'll never forget when he had that – his one shine moment in this league, and we all remember this, when he went – I think he was trading buckets with either Clay or Curry against Golden State. He just kept hitting – Three after three after three, and that was his shimmel. But a very solid small forward in this league, very good role player in this league. I like the pick, very solid. Thank you. All right, and Gabriel's, I believe this is Gabriel's seventh pick. Yeah, this is Gabriel's seventh pick as well. I'm curious to see what Gabriel's got now. So, um, so Kurt took my guy Al Horford, but I, I gotta, I gotta counter for that move. I gotta counter for it. I'm gonna go with a big man, big man from Switzerland. Guy who just had a triple-double the other night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know who this in is. In blocks, by the way. I know. A guy, that, a guy I know very well. I covered him down in Houston. Real cool dude, Clint Capella. 
I do like that pick. Clint, one of the masters at pick and roll, and playing his role in this league, and an incredible rebounder in the NBA. I love the pick because he, you know, he, he he's also one of those guys who proves you don't need to be a three-point shooting big man in this league to really make an impact. And, uh, you know, averaging 14 points and 14, re- 14 and a half rebounds a game proves that. And it proves his value as a player in this league, a very high IQ basketball player because he knows where he fits in terms of the system and he plays his role within the system very, very, very well. So I really like that pick, Gabriel. And a guy I think could be an all-star in this league next to Trey Young in Atlanta is they find more success out in the Eastern Conference. All right, so I think it's me now, right? Yes, it is. Okay, so this guy, a lot of people don't know. I mean, Adam will know this. All you guys will know this. But this guy was born in Germany and played on those very, very unsung, famous Denver Nuggets teams of the 80s. Very, very good player in Portland. I'm going with Kiki Vandaway. Ooh, nice. I'm going with Kiki Vandaway. Very, very underrated player. The guy could shoot the ball. And the guy was a consistent scorer from 1981 to 1988. He averaged 25 points per game, 36 and a half percent from three. Now, granted, back then he didn't shoot he didn't shoot threes, but the guy is going to get me buckets. So I needed to score off the bench. So I'm going to take Kiki Vandaway. Great pick there. Yeah, thank you. And now the philosophizer has his pick. So I, I'm rounding out my draft here. These are my last two picks of the draft. And so I'm, I'm going to go one at a time here, although I know who my two picks are. But I'll let you discuss this one first. Uh, arguably the greatest uh, player ever from the United Kingdom, a man who was on the Great Britain uh, team for a very long time, won a sixth man of the year award with the Chicago Bulls. I'm getting the finger. That means it's a good pick. Ben Gordon. <laughs> Only rookie to ever win that award. Two. Should have won rookie of the year. He should have. Mecca stole it from they stole it from him that year. He was yeah. at least he led his team to the playoffs. And uh he he is it's been done three times. He's done it twice. Ben Gordon has gone nine for nine from three. I want a guard off my bench who can play either position. I got passing all over the floor, so it doesn't need to be a traditional uh, point guard necessarily. I think Ben Gordon's a perfect fit for what I'm doing. I mean, I nine know. for nine. He's yes. like, he's, I was at that game. I was at the game against Washington too. Yeah, at Gilbert Arenas. That was on Good Friday back in '06, I believe. And I remember him. I'll never forget this game. It was they were playing Denver, and we all know J.R. Smith has those games where he gets just so hot that you know you put the ball in his hand and it just reaches 150 degrees the second he touches his hand. I think he had 43 in that game, J.R. And I think Ben Gordon had like 37. But Ben, when people forget, Ben Gordon was consistently shooting 40 percent from three in his time in Chicago, an insanely clutch player insanely clutch and i think today would be you know just a very 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 difficult guy to guard in this league he was back then he would be now so i love that pick i love ben gordon growing up he was just just a fantastic player to watch and it was tough to see him go to detroit and fall off the way he did but 
you know, in his time, Chicago was one of the most underrated uh, players in the NBA by far, without a doubt. Without and he has a he has a really cool um, uh, play. <laughs> He's got a really cool players tribune on uh, his mental health struggle. It's really yeah. good. Uh, it's, it's a really good read. So I, I recommend everybody read that. He's really honest and raw on it. Yeah. And I will. And uh, Adam's got his last pick. So I got to go uh, versatility here. That's kind of been uh, a big part of my team's identity from the start. Most of these guys can play multiple positions and uh, this is somebody I'd be comfortable in certain lineups. You know, he could play anywhere two through four. Uh, this guy is the Turkish delight. He's uh, <laughs> he's, Turkish he's delight. shot around 39% from three in his career and uh, six foot 10. And so uh, the Turkish delight who was picked 16th overall in the 2000 draft. How do how to go Turkoglu? And uh, okay. Turkoglu never put up monsters. Okay. Turkoglu. Okay. He's a he great guy for me on my bench. Saying. Uh, he really peaked in Orlando when he had his uh, 19 and a half points per game, shooting 40% from three. And so uh, when I look at my team in total, uh, I think that he's just going to fit perfectly with those interchangeable forwards I have in Luol Deng, Pascal Siakam. Uh, I, I have a lot of shooting. I have a lot of passing and I have a lot of defense. And so I think this uh, rounds out a very balanced team for me. And uh, this is this is somebody I had my eye on and I was hoping I was going to be able to get in late rounds because he's actually one of my favorite international players of all time. And a big part of that is uh, how great he was on those magic teams with those uh, four out rotations. I really like that. Hito was very underrated player. Most improved player, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was a just a great pure shooter. And. Yeah, I really, I, I really like that pick. Very good pick, Adam. All right. So we're down to me. All right. This is a tough one. So I've got, I've got my guard and I've got my big, but I still need one more guy. I need a guy who can defend a little bit. I need a guy who I can count on when I need him to put in a bucket. And this guy didn't really score a lot of buckets, but I did love this guy. Played with Ben Gordon for a long time. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Andres Nocioni. Love it. Love Go it. One of my all-time favorites. I, people forget this guy was averaging 24 and 8.5 and in the 2006 playoffs. Everyone forgets this. The guy was insanely good. The insanely dude. good. John Paxson personally told him to wear number five because he wanted him to. And I remember that I, I story. You and Gabriel have been the main analysts in, on this, but I got to jump in here because this guy was one of my favorite role Please. players of all time. Just an absolute dog out there. Uh, Nocioni didn't care about sacrificing his body. He wanted to guard the other team's best player. And uh, him and Luol Dang were like two peas in a pod for me watching watching them at those uh, small forward spots. And uh, Nocioni was like also a really good shooter and uh, just brought some sort of like intangible energy to that team where he made everyone play harder because of the the passion and fire he brought every single game. He, I just, I absolutely loved Andres because he, 
he was the hustle. He was the heart and soul of that team because he was such a hustler. And that's why I had to make that pick because I absolutely loved him. So my pick is Andres Nocioni and Gabriel's got his last pick now. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a keep it big, but I'm a, I'm a keep it with a guy that is currently in the league right now. been playing real well down in the desert. I got one of his friends from the Bahamas. Already on the roster, but he, <laughs> I know who this is. Go with DeAndre Eight. Oh, like it, I think it's only gonna get better and better alongside of CP3. I like it. I mean, DeAndre is—he's putting up numbers there, and I'm—you ex- know—with that Phoenix team, and I'm hoping to see them get a little—you know—keep improving this year. But DeAndre is definitely having a nice year down there. 15 points, 12 rebounds, and. You know, the guy's only in his third year, and he's still improving in this game. Now, once – and, you know, he's still not shooting the three, but it doesn't matter. The guy's putting up numbers, to, you know, and still being an extremely dominant player. Once he puts that three-point shot into his arsenal, which I think he's going to, this guy's the limit for this guy. Easily 20 points per game and 13 rebounds for him easily. It's coming. I thought about taking Rui Hachimura, but I, I, I take I, – if I'm going to buy stock high in a player right now in the league, that's from an international country. DeAndre is my guy. All right. And Stefano with his last pick. Well, with my last pick, with my last pick in the draft, me and my associate have chosen to select, <laughs> coming to America selects, uh, Joe Ingles out of, okay. out of uh, Australia. Uh, his name is fun. I feel like he's a fun guy. I feel like he's got a good sense of humor. Need that in the locker room. He can shoot and and you know I kind of only have one true point guard in Tony Parker and I feel like he but he, he's a he's a guy on the floor that can kind of facilitate and uh and be a general too because he's a good passer so yeah yeah very Ingles. good very good fundamental basketball player just an overall very very good player and you know I think he people forget that you know, uh, the guy has been averaging over five assists a game the last two seasons. So I like the pick because this guy does a little bit of everything on the floor. Very solid defender as well. So I like this pick. Thanks. All right. We got, I believe Brian is on the clock. Very excited about this pick. I've been waiting all draft. I had him on my big board between Dominique and the Joker, number nine overall. This is the all-time leading professional basketball scorer, 47,000 points. He's the all-time leading Olympic scorer to 80 more points than Carmelo Anthony. Absolutely crush it. This biggest baller, the six foot eight shooting guard from Brazil, Oscar Schmidt. That's a hey. He, I mean, granted, he, 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 he never came over to the state. Yeah. I can't not that time, It's all time uh foreign draft players. It's that they don't have to play in the NBA, right? Right, yeah. right. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so Oscar little... Schmidt is a starter on my team. He's not a bench player. He that's averaged forty-four move. points. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a premier oh. chess move right there. Oh. A lot of people don't go for Oscar Smith. He gave David he... Robinson the business. He's you know? a monster. Oh yeah, David Robinson and Danny Manning took him to school. Sorry to upset your baby. So, yeah, she got really excited. Dude. She's, she's like, who's this Oscar Schmidt? I'm pumped. <laughs> I, I got to give a little inside info here. So Brian texted me last night 
and it was like, what are the rules? If they've never played in the NBA, are they still eligible? I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know who you're talking about. And so he's like, all right, well, as long as it's not on your board, like you can't take him. I'm like, yeah, dude, for, for real. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be unfair here. And so I was, I told him specifically uh, the only two people I think might be savvy enough to, to take this guy ahead of you. If you're trying to take him last would be Josh or Gabriel. And then sure enough, Gabriel all over the Oscar Schmidt pick. So tip of the hat to you, Gabe. Yeah, man. Cause I'm like, if I know he was, as well, I definitely would have took him earlier, much earlier, but that's, a, that's a smart well. chess move, Brian. You got me yeah. on that. <laughs> I'll give him that. Very, very, very good pick. Very, very, very good. Mister Irrelevant is now up. Uh, Kurt. Uh, Adam, this guy is not irrelevant at all. Uh, <laughs> going back to the 2013 NBA draft, the guy that I wish my favorite team, the Boston Celtics, would have picked. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna get a guy that's gonna get in your face and piss you off a little bit. Uh, also, need a facilitator in my guard position. Gonna keep it in the family. Cousin Dennis. Dennis Schroeder. All right. Very nice pick. Very nice pick. I like that pick a lot. You know, Dennis is, what can you say? Um, potential NBA champion this year. It's looking pretty good for that right now. But a very, very, very good player in this NBA. Can facilitate on the floor, can shoot. Very good game, attacking the basket. Overall, just a very, very good player in this league. And, you know, I really enjoy this pick. I, that's a very good one. I'm surprised no one took him yet either. That's a very, very, very good pick. I like that. Very nice pick. I ain't the six. Should have been the six man last year in my book. Honestly, no disrespect to Trez, but what he was able to do in Oklahoma City, learned a lot under the tutelage of Chris Paul. He's only gotten better and better. Been a hell of a pickup by the Lakers. And yeah, he, he might be one step closer to getting the NBA championship ring for sure. All right, we got Kurt's lot, and we got the last pick in this draft. That was the last pick. Well, do you guys want to just read your own starting fives? We'll just go through. Sure, we can do that if you yeah. want. Kurt, why don't you read your starting five and then uh, your three off the bench, and then it'll go, it'll go Kurt, Brian, Stefano, Gabe, Josh, then me, just your team name and your starting five. All right, so since I'm a Kanye West fan, got to go with why you got to be so heartless. Uh, my center, Nikola Vucevic, power forward, Giannis Antetokounmpo, small forward, Danilo Gallinari, shooting guard, Jamal Murray, point guard Ben Simmons and then on my bench you can kind of interchange these guys but uh center Al Horford forward Serge Ibaka guard Dennis Schroeder uh, we'll have Yao at center uh Unicorn at power forward Dirk at small forward Drazen as shooting guard <sighs> I kind of put my guy in Oscar Schmidt as a starter uh for the point guard even though he's a six foot eight shooting guard and then on my bench we're gonna have Goran Dragic we're going to have Rolando Blackman, and we're going to have Detlef Shrimp. Coming to America, my team is, uh, I got Tony Parker running the point with Manu Ginobili. Wait, do I have to go in order of the picks that I made? No, no, you no can just you're pick starting five starting. Ah, bench players. All right. All right, yeah, Tony Parker point, Manu as my two, uh, Andrew Wiggins at three. I got... Hakeem Elijah on four with Rudy Gobert at five. So two kind of centers out there. And uh, and then I got my bench, um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Omri Caspi, and Joe Ingles. Got Steve Nash at the unit, running the one. Buddy Hill at the two. Andre Karolinko is my three. 
Kyle Gasol is my four. Joel Embiid is the man in the middle of the five. And then off the bench, I got Shaq Gilgis Alexander as my backup point guard. And I got the two big men, Clint Capella and DeAndre. All right. And then for me, I got Luca as my point guard. At the two, I am probably going to take – I'm probably going to put Kiki at the two, at, th- at the three. I'm going to put Peja at the four. I think I want to start Mr. Gasol and have Mr. Sabonis as my five. Off the bench, I'll have Patrick Ewing, Andres Nocioni, and Kukoc, honestly, because of his ball handling skills and ability to pass the ball, he can be my he can be my backup point guard. All right. If he can play the one, two, and the three. That's a hell of a squad. Uh all right. So for my squad, uh starting the point guard position, I don't know how he fell to me. Probably the best. I don't know. Steve Nash is in there too, but and so is Tony Parker. But it, it worse the third best ball handler in this draft, Kyrie Irving. Uh, but maybe the best. Yeah, uh, at the shooting guard position, I I accidentally went huge, but I'm okay with that. Uh, I got Dominique Wilkins, small forward, Luol Dang, power forward Pascal Siakam, and at center point center, uh, my team's greatest passer. And my favorite player, Nikola Jokic. Off the bench, I got Mount Mutumbo, Ben Gordon, and the Turkish delight, Haidu Turkoglu. Well, folks, I believe that concludes the international draft, the Hoopstradamus basketball time machine international draft. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Anyone have any last thoughts? I just want to say this was a lot of fun. Had a good time. Thanks. I will be Go ahead. No, I just want to say appreciate you bringing us on for this. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. Always a pleasure. Very educational. Now we should play these teams on two play. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody got to do it. Like, uh, Oscar Schmidt. Maybe, maybe we can uh, look into how we can pull that off. But um, I think that's a good idea. Brian had that idea the other day uh, when I invited him. Uh, watching some football we got plenty of football to watch uh this will take a little bit of while to edit but it should be coming up in the in the coming days um but yeah this was a blast thank you all for coming on and uh i'm gonna make a little graphic and all we'll have a vote somehow on uh who does have the best team here as well as uh, a 2k simulation and so uh, plenty of content to come from the show uh thank you all for joining us <laughs> Happy football, guys. All right, yeah, yeah. Be well. Peace, everybody.